Hi, welcome to Coffee with the Sarlos. I'm Kelly Sarlo. And I'm Karen Sarlo. Today we are discussing a recent treatment that you did. Yes? Yes. Okay. Do you want to start? I picked this treatment to do on podcast because of all of the beautiful messages that came through. Really? That's what all of our podcasts are. <laughs> True. <laughs> Good? Yes. Okay. So you'll hear me say that a lot. <laughs> okay. Um, this was a young woman that came. Well, okay. So what are we calling her for confidentiality purposes? No, no, no name. Comes <laughs> no to mind. name came to my mind. Um, Kaylee. Tara. Sorry. What'd you say? Tara's great. Okay. Tara. Okay. So are you going to tell us about what happened in the session or how do you want to work this? Yeah. And then jump in. Okay. And so I'll, I can ask questions or we can just discuss like the major totally, lessons. Yes. Okay. Okay. So Tara came to see me because her, well, first of all, she came in and when I asked for permission, she gave me permission for medium and amongst the other things, she said yes to everything. So, um, the first person that came through for her was her biological father. Mm-hmm. And, um, he came through to tell me at the very beginning that he hadn't met her. Go ahead. Yeah, thanks. Can I just interject? Yes. Um, She hadn't asked for him at this point. That's correct. Okay, so he, yeah, he's just coming through. He came through. Um, And I think it's something that people are nervous when they come to see a medium. They wonder if they're going to get the person that they want. Mm -hmm. So you have the right to just sit down and say, I want Mm -hmm. my dad. I want a certain person and we get them. You and I get them. Mm-hmm. Um, but she came in like a lot of people do. She gives permission and says she'll take anybody. Right. So is she excited at this point? I'll say nervous. Yeah. Which I think, is that excitement? Yeah. But nervous that they're not going to come. Nervous okay. that I can't do it. Nervous I'm no good. Nervous, like, you know, mm-hmm. all kinds of nervous. So anyway, her dad came through and um, he talked about her life. He told her that he, she got married and that he showed up at her mar- at her wedding. He talked about, hmm, my mind went blank. He talked about catching her or finding her between rocks. No. Oh, go, tell he, me. Okay, you had mentioned when you were retelling this to me um, that he had said I was your angel between oh, two rocks. That's right. And we don't interpret messages when they come in. So you're, I'm assuming, sitting there going, okay, whatever that means. Yeah, I didn't understand that. That's weird. Right. But then she kind of, well, not kind of, she said. Well, she started crying. And I said, do you mind explaining it? Because it's none of my business. Mm-hmm. And I said, are you okay to explain to me why he's referring to being an angel between two rocks? And she went on to explain that um, some years ago, she had a head-on collision, was thrown from her vehicle and landed between two rocks. Mm-hmm. And so she melted down. She had a good cry. And I think that's worthy of sharing with you people. I think that's worthy of somebody listening to that story just for that, that we are caught between two hard places. And sometimes our two rocks are literally like hers, two literal rocks. But sometimes it's between staying and leaving or quitting the job and and finding a new one. Or Mm -hmm. there's so many places that we're stuck between two hard rocks. And he caught her. I love it. Ah, 
I just and, and helped her survive. Yes. Okay, so in um when you were talking to me, you had mentioned also that she had some tendencies. Yeah. He's he was explaining to me. He showed me her moving around her home. So Kelly and I remote view. So I get to see people move around their home and um, how they behave and what they think. And for some of you, you might think that's crap and we can't do it and I don't care. We do. And this is why I don't care about the people who don't believe this. Because if I'm allowed to do it and share the information with people who are a little bit open, they get their affirmations and they get their help. Mm-hmm. And I think too, it's, it's important to mention that some people think it's creepy uh, because they don't understand the intention behind it. So in this instance where Tara is wanting to speak to her father and her father is the one who shows us or allows us to remote view her home yeah. and her moving around it, she gets this beautiful affirmation that her dad knows which room she's in, yeah. which thoughts she's having yeah. as she moves. Yeah. It becomes something. He hears her thoughts. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. He sees her home, like you say. He's a part of it. He's there with her in that energy of her living her life day to day. As she misses him. He's right there. Yeah. And here I am, a complete stranger to her, who's able to describe all of that. Mm -hmm. So he, he described how she moved around her home and how she liked to keep it clean, neat, and organized. But as I'm watching her, or we are watching her, her dad and I, we're noticing that as she ages... There's an anxiety developing in the neatness and in the cleanness. There's an anxiety and a worry that's growing. But at the beginning was so tiny, you would never be able to put your finger on what it is. And I call that the marker moment. And in that moment, when she feels that first bit of anxiety, what thought has she created that did that? Mm -hmm. And it was the thought that if she kept that space neat and clean and organized, she would be good enough for her dad to come back. And this, that marker moment that you're talking about was years and years prior. This was back into childhood, yes? Oh, yes, because she's now like in her 30s. So just for clarification purposes, as a kid, she's keeping her room clean, clean, clean. Yep. In the hopes that dad's going to come back for her. Yes. As or a little, to her, I'll say. Yes, as a little kid. And so as the years go on, she keeps cleaning. Doesn't really understand why, because this certain belief came in once and then left. Um, and it's developing anxiety over the years. Now it's becoming an issue. An issue. And I'll say an issue for therapy. Mm-hmm. I'll say an issue for somebody to help her work out at this point, because it's controlling and it's interfering with her life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I asked her if she had an issue with cleanliness and an obsession with it. And she said, yes. And I said, is it getting to a point that it's bothering you? It's interfering with your life. Is that accurate? Yes. How do you know that, Karen? And I said, I know it because your dad is showing me the original thought. Mm. Your dad is showing me. And I think this is also important is that her dad is the one that's showing me to the tiniest second moment that she creates the first thought that maybe dad can somehow come back. And remember, this is a child's thought. Yeah. Not an adult's ability to reason that a person who has died will never come back. This is a child's thought somewhere deep within the human, that adult, that still holds that belief that creates the pattern 
of I've got to clean, I've got to control, I have to do this. So because if I'm good enough, he'll be able to somehow come back. Does she know that in her 30s? No, no. But when I say that to her, it made all the sense in the world of everything she feels and believes of all the anxiety of all the anxiety of not being good enough, which, sorry, I interrupted, which gets projected onto other people. Mm -hmm. And what I love, um, and I don't mean this to come out insensitively, but when you're dealing with a client who has such high levels of anxiety, when you can pin or we can pinpoint that marker moment that you call it, the relief, the instant relief that washes over them to go, oh my God, that's why I do what I do. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, that's the, that's the root of my anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just, it's unreal. And it's found, I'll say, with love and with compassion and quickly. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's face it, this isn't, this isn't having this isn't to... 10 years of, of talking. Yes. This is just one single moment. Listen. And it comes with the release and the emotions of knowing it's right or it's wrong. That's not for me to decide. That's for her to decide if that's right or wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking her power from her. And telling her what she feels. That's right. She's at, you're identifying it and she's saying, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Hmm. I'm not asking if that part of it makes sense. I'm asking her about her feeling. Mm -hmm. I'm asking her about her own brain, being able to reconnect those little sensors to be able to understand that moment. And that, that is why I love energy healing Mm -hmm. and medium and medical intuitive because then it brings into play that I can say to her and you hold that between your shoulder blades two rocks oh (laughs) no you know yeah that's good I didn't even think of that but it brings right into the body where her moment of trigger goes right into the cellular memory of the physical muscles in her body where she holds that pain that flares up from time to time or revs up and stays there for years. And it's just on a belief. Yeah. Of a child. Yeah. Because she wanted to be loved. By her dad. And yet, which I thought was really, well, not that every part of this hasn't been beautiful. Um, then he talked about her, her stepfather. Yes. So he, ta- he described her stepdad. And he talked all about his character traits, that her stepdad was somebody who tried really hard to be truthful, that he was somebody who could apologize with sincerity, that he didn't make excuses when he made a mistake, that he tried very hard to be aware and to correct it and to get better, not to go back into patterns of apologies and then just back into his poop and repeat he really tries. And that he told her how much he really liked her stepdad. He gave him two thumbs up. Now, awesome. this dad, her biological dad, passed away before she was born, when her mom was pregnant with her. So cool. Never met her for even a single moment of her life. Not a moment. And he knew all about her personality. He described her character, that she was a people pleaser. And he talked to her about people pleasing. And he asked her to work on it because it was hurting her and her relationships and how he would help her. He gave her an affirmation that whenever she wanted him to be around, he would show up as a dragonfly so that she could have that affirmation that dad's still around. 
He talked about how she liked art and how she liked drawing horses. <laughs> That's cool. Just, yeah, well, you know, I know how cool it is. Um, yeah. But it's, it's neat because every person gets a different affirmation from the people that come through to talk to them. Mm-hmm. And then not only the person who's in the room, Tara gets her affirmation, but her stepdad too. Yeah. Two thumbs up. You're doing great. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> she tape recorded the session to on get, her cell phone. To bring it back to him? Yeah. And I don't know if that was her intention in coming yeah. to begin with, but she certainly could share that with her stepdad if she, if she wanted. Mm-hmm. And I, I think of what that would do for a grown man to have loved another man's daughter from the moment of her birth mm-hmm. all the way through her life and know that he is truly her dad, but that there still is a biological dad, another spirit energy that exists. And loves him. And loves him. Yeah. And loves his daughter still, that two dads can love her. That's cool. Not making one any less than the other. That's my story. I love it. <laughs> yeah. That's why you want to listen to Coffee with the Sarlows. I hope that hearing that, people get to hear that two dads or two moms can love the same child. Mm-hmm. And that they don't have to compete or push one out or hurt the other or put one down so that that child will love just them. Hmm. That's it. There'll be so many more. Mm-hmm. So many more stories. Thanks for listening.